Hi all, welcome back to Just a Bite. I talk with our Director of Health Initiatives, Zach Reet, along with two rock star health navigators, Josh Newland and Julie Grasson, about the 10th anniversary of open enrollment for Marketplace coverage. today. Welcome to Just a Bite. Um, could you all introduce yourselves and Josh and Julie, can you please tell the listeners how long you've been a navigator for? So I'm Julie Grasson. I'm the executive director of Toledo Lucas County Care Net, and we have been either a navigator entity through the grant with the Ohio Association of Food Banks since the beginning in 2013. And for a short period of time, we were also a certified application counselor entity. I'm Josh Newland. Um, I'm with the Valley View Health Center's Community Action of Pike County. Um, and just like Julie, we've been doing it from the beginning. We transitioned a little bit there to uh, certified application counselors. But now that we have the funding, we're back as navigators. Yeah, and I'm Zachary. I'm the Director of Health Initiatives for the Ohio Association of Food Banks and did a stint as a navigator from 2013 to 2017 and then came back to the program again in 2021. Wonderful. Thank you all. Um, this year's open enrollment period starting on November 1st will mark the 10th open enrollment period since the Affordable Care Act was enacted. What has changed and what has stayed the same during those 10 years of enrollment? I know there are four years where you guys kind of switched um, missions, but kind of wondering what has changed and what has stayed the same. You know, when we first started, we, there was a lot of complications. Um, I think, you know, with the website, all the technology, getting buy-in from partners and uh, finding those resources, um, I think as, as we travel further on, you know, obviously we, we have more buy-in. We, we have a lot, a lot of community partners that are helping us. Um, it, you know, people have learned a lot more. It was at one point, you know, it was brand new. No one really knew what to expect, what was going on. Um, sometimes you kind of felt like you were out in the cold if you were doing, you know, doing everything you needed to be doing which uh, the navigator meetings always, uh, for me anyway, in the beginning, you know, we came to those and was like, oh, we are doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Everything's going well. So that always helped. Um, You know, like I said, all the buy-in now is great. Um, We've learned some lessons, what not to do, you know, Um, like for me, um, not doing, uh, I I like to go to events that are already pre-populated, um, you know, things of that nature. We've learned that doing your own events sometimes isn't the best way to do things. So just, you know, the trial and error of things, um, learning as we go. Um, also, uh, you know, the administration now is starting to change some things, um, seeing what's not working, what can help people, more people get more coverage. So I think, like I said, buy-in has definitely um, ticked up a bit since we started Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things that's changed in the past 10 years is in the beginning, you know, depending on which region you were in, there seemed to be some political um, taboo 
with the whole idea of marketplace plans and the Affordable Care Act and, you know, depending on which side of the aisle you were on, determined whether or not you wanted to participate or if it was a good thing. And over the course of 10 years, it is so refreshing to see that that political divide has gone away. People have seen and truly experienced, whether for themselves or for loved ones, the value of having access to affordable health care provides them and their families and just the bigger impact that it has on each of our communities. So, you know, I'm thrilled that that has progressed and gone the direction that I had always hoped it would. Um, you know, and tying into what Josh said, you know, the um, website was scary and not always user friendly in the first year. And, you know, it's a great thing that um, those updates are routinely made. So that every year, every open enrollment, the process gets easier for the consumer, um, which, you know, makes it easier on the navigator as well to provide more services across the region. Yeah, I think I just want to add that um, some of the policy has been smoothed out, right? Back in, back in 2013, 2014, open enrollment, we were uh, dealing with a completely new law. Right. It was actually three years old, but the, the marketplace and the Medicaid expansion was brand new at that point. Um, and there were a lot of policy just wrinkles that created real problems for Ohioans um, who needed to enroll in coverage. Uh, one or two really good examples of that are before I think it was 2020. Uh, there was sort of an arbitrary cutoff of premium tax credits at 400% of the federal poverty level. And that really created a flip where people making 405, you know, 450% of the poverty level weren't eligible for subsidies and were faced with paying the full premium um, for health insurance, which, which is often still unaffordable. Um, that was corrected by uh, some emergency legislation around coronavirus and has been um, extended for three years in the Inflation Reduction Act. And that just makes a lot of people um, eligible for subsidies who weren't before and creates a softer landing there. Um, another example is a family glitch, which you know is a euphemism um, because it really created a hard barrier for um, family members of people who are working and applying for coverage on the marketplace, it, it made it unaffordable for them. Um, that's been fixed through an administrative change just finalized by the IRS that'll make more people eligible for tax credits and subsidies to reduce the cost of health insurance coverage this year who were not eligible for that coverage before. So over 10 years, the sort of policy wrinkles, which which again is a euphemism, but um, describes a lot of the um, difficulties that, that we ran into in the first couple of open enrollments. Those have been smoothed out over 10 years, and I feel like we're in a better place now. I know, Julie, you kind of touched on, you know, political distrust and um, things being taboo. I'm wondering, 
was there some just general distrust in certain communities? Um, you know, like not really knowing what, you know, the, the marketplace was um, and kind of nervous to even talk to some navigators about, about healthcare coverage? Um, yeah, I mean, there was definitely mistrust, um, you know, because when the Affordable Care Act came out, it was, you know, it removed the pre-existing condition clause, um, you know, it was promoted that we didn't need to know what your medical conditions or history were, we didn't need to know what medications you were on, um, and I just think through the history of health insurance, individuals knew that all of those things played a factor into the cost of their health insurance. Um, you know, I think another mistrust was um, the whole access to care. You know, how are the tax credits going to be applied? How is it that, you know, the federal government is going to be able to help subsidize the cost of my insurance? So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, there were just a lot of mistrusts out there. I think all of you had mentioned the four-year gap um, in funding when uh, navigator services were defunded and Ohioans weren't able to look to that navigator service um, when applying for marketplace coverage. Um, when the navigator program was funded again in 2021 and then the group of Ohio navigators came back together, what were some of those lessons learned and what was kind of prioritized when coming coming back together? Yeah, we ran into a lot of challenges last year. Um, you know, going from a program that hadn't been around, um, at least through our organization and through our subcontractors, including BAC of Pike County and Toledo Lucas County CareNet, um, that was standing up a, a, a program again. So that was getting people hired, uh, that was getting them trained, that was getting them licensed through the Department of Insurance. Um, it was getting those relationships with community partners reestablished. That took a lot of time. Um, and unfortunately, the window that Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services gave us to do that was very short. Um, we only had from late August to November 1st to get all of that up and running again. I think the major lesson learned for us was that people need to um, be told about a resource over and over and over again um, before they'll utilize it, right? And that's just, you know, human nature. You've got to see things six, seven, eight times um, before you reach out and um, ask for the assistance that's being provided. So we focused a lot on making sure that our materials are out in communities, making sure that we, like Josh mentioned, we're at the community resource fairs. We are um, in the, the meetings and talking to the people who are trusted members of our community so that they know we're available. Um, so lesson learned was like, keep, keep going back, do more advertising, do more flyering, do more events, be out in the community and be available to people. And I'd like to just add in there, too, that the Ohio Association of Food Banks has been amazing in creating a unified message that goes throughout the state 
So it's not as though each member of the consortium is producing their own material. It's the same message, whether you're in Cuyahoga County, Lucas County, Allen County. And I think that that has a huge impact on the trustworthiness of the services that are being provided through this grant. Oh, thanks, Julie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Julie's talking about, I can't believe I forgot to bring it up until now. We have our statewide campaign, it's called Get Covered Ohio. Um, we've got a website at getcoveredohio.org and, and people are gonna see uh, TV commercials. You're gonna hear about us on the radio. You're gonna see billboards. Uh, we're doing a lot of focused advertising, for example, in African-American-owned newspapers, Spanish language outlets, Arabic language outlets. Uh, so really trying to get to those communities um, who are in need of health insurance and in need of assistance getting that health insurance. So thanks for the shout out, Julie, and for the reminder to get that into this podcast. Um, and not that I have the phone number memorized, but I'm sure Zach does, the statewide 800 number for consumers to call. You know, yet again, that great um, unified front that it's the same no matter where you're at. Yep, yep, it's 833-623-4466. Seven, and we'll make sure we get that in the show notes as well. Great. Good good job, Zach and Julie, for tag teaming that. Um, Josh, do you have anything to add? As far as what the Get Covered Ohio campaign? Yeah, or, you know, maybe some of the lessons you guys learned coming back. Yeah, I, you know, just going back to some of the challenges and the, the political process you were discussing, you know. Um, down in Southern Ohio, I, I tend, you know, when it started, um, Obamacare was kind of weaponized, the term Obamacare. Uh, that has changed tremendously. You know, I, I had people come in the first year and we struggled with the website. Um, they were already, you know, distrusting everything. And now those people are still coming in 10 years later and we have that bond, the trust. Um, that's, that's a lot of what I've seen throughout the 10 years, you know, we've developed that trust, um, things have just gotten better with the, the website, the, the law, they, you know, just keeps improving. I'm wondering since you guys have the perspective of pre-pandemic and post, or I guess during the pandemic, you know, what, what things changed during the pandemic? I'm sure your outreach strategies are different. Um, but yeah, just wondering, you know, what has changed and what uh, is different there? Uh, I was just going to say, you know, one of the nice things, if you can put it that way, that came out of the pandemic was the ability to provide that one-on-one -on -one consumer assistance using things like Zoom or um, Microsoft Teams and doing phone assistance. Over the years, you know, I think most navigators have seen the progression, especially for consumers that have been able to, or who have benefited from marketplace for more than a couple of years. They're totally comfortable going in and updating their application and doing that initial work, but they really want the assistance from navigators to understand the differences in the plans and what help or what best meets their individual or family needs. And being able to do that through Zoom or a phone call was a huge added benefit. 
So that's one of our biggest takeaways doing Navigator during a pandemic. Yeah, I'm going to second that, Julie. And, and you know, to, some policies are just really don't make sense, right? And one of the policies that did not make sense one bit was not allowing navigators to provide assistance over the phone um, or virtually before. Um, it never made sense. And the pandemic sort of forced us into a position where policy change had to happen to catch up with the times. Um, and I think that's just, just an important lesson for us to reflect on in the human services space. Like, let's take a look at our policies. And if they didn't make sense during a global pandemic, maybe they never made sense. And, and maybe this can be a lesson for us to, to take away from this. Um, look at things, look at policies that don't work for people um, and, and ask ourselves the tough, tough question of why are those policies in place? You know, is it political distrust? Is it sort of a, a history of trying to, to cover our butts when, when really we could um, make some policy changes that make people's lives easier? Like um, exactly what Julie's talking about, giving people the opportunity to not have to come out and meet us at a library, you know, 15, 20 miles from their home if they're in a rural area, and instead connect with us over the phone or over Zoom. Sorry for the commentary there. I just, that's just such an important point that Julie brought up. No, it really did add a, another tool to our belt. You know, it was restrictive at first and, you know, we, hard to get around, but we learned and now we're better for it. And actually there, you know, I still um, work remotely to help a few people. We haven't went back to face-to-face -face and it, it actually works better. Thank you for that. A great point, meeting people where they're where they're at. That ways that the pandemic has sort of improved our navigator services. I was wondering where can both the marketplace in general, as well as navigator services, improve as we look towards the future. You know, recovering from the pandemic um, and all you know the uncertainties. Yeah, I'm going to put a plug in here for assuring some stability and funding for the Navigator program and, and uh, ensuring you know, some resilience for the Navigator program. This can be done, um, particularly if the state were to take more um, ownership of the marketplace um, and transition for the state-based marketplace or provide funding uh, for a sister organizations like BACs um, like Valley View Health Centers and uh, uh, Toledo Lucas County CareNet or Navigator programs. Um, states can fund these programs. And here in Ohio, we've we've advocated with legislators and, and administrators to do that. Um, so we'd love to see some investment to provide some stability to this program, given what we saw with federal funding for the program. Um, between 2017 and 2020, um, and I think that uh, that would that would take us a long way toward um, improving the uh, health insurance landscape, making sure that more people who need access to health insurance can get it, uh, regardless of what happens with the federal law. And I'll just add in there's a little side note to what Zach just shared is that the work of the navigators is so critical in meeting the needs and 
be thinking into the future, I believe that the state will see the impact that the navigators do have, especially once the public health emergency ends and the role that we all will play in helping those consumers that are either now found to be over income for Medicaid and need assistance getting enrolled into marketplace, as well as those consumers that may have relocated since they initially were approved for Medicaid and they fall off strictly because they did not receive their new notices. And so I just have high hopes that the state will, this will be their eye opener for the true impact that the work that we all do provides in each of our communities. Julie yeah. just jumped into my brain there. <laughs> Said it way better than I could have, but yes, uh, use us as a tool. If if we could work better with uh, JFS, um, the counties, and you know, I know a lot of them realize what we do, but if if we could keep working just better and better with them, it would help a ton of people. Yeah, and thanks for do bringing that up, Julie. Most systems and policies are set up to to serve the the greatest number of people, right? And uh, what navigators do is help to fill in the gaps. So for people who are comfortable going to a website that's available in Spanish or English and navigating that website on their own, know what health insurance is, what a premium is, what a deductible is, what coinsurance is, know how to search for a network of providers, know how to do all of that. They don't need our help. And frankly, the policies and systems are set up that, that they'll be able to navigate it and, and get what they need. Um, and navigators are here for the people that aren't comfortable with that. And you may have noticed in that setup, there's a lot of people that might have some level of discomfort um, with that whole process of shopping for health insurance. So I think that particularly through the COVID-19 public health emergency unwinding, um, I hope that the state and counties really are able to form um, solid partnerships with uh, navigator and CAC organizations around the state to ensure that the people who need that extra handholding to get through this process and come out right on the other side um, have access to that assistance again through their navigator and, and CAC partners. Um, because that's, you know, we talk a lot about health equity. The navigator program is a health equity program in that we are here to support those individuals that are kind of uh, left behind by the existing policies and systems that are in place. Great, that's a great place to end. Um, final question for you all, where can listeners find you and your respective organizations and maybe an, another plug for Get Covered Ohio and, and the hotline? Okay, so I can be reached at 740. 947-7726. Um, I'm at extension 7719. Um, my email is jnewland at pikecac.org. Um, I'll let Zach plug the Get Covered Connector. I don't have all of that <laughs> memorized yet. Um, but uh, I, I help, well, obviously we can help anybody anywhere in the state, but uh, I help out on Ross, Pike, Jackson, Gallia, Lawrence, Iota, 
Adams. I think I got all of them there. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, we're here to help anybody that needs it. And CareNet is covering Northwest Ohio. So we have 21 counties from Williams uh, all the way down to Mercer, over to Richland and up to Erie and Ottawa and everything in between. Anybody looking for us, we can not only be found through the connector and get covered Ohio site, but Facebook, um, I can be reached at 419-842-0800 and extension 117. And Zach, you can give them all those statewide data. Yeah, so the Ohio Association of Food Banks Navigator Consortium serves 77 of Ohio's 88 counties. Um, there's also two other federal navigator grantees, Equitas Health and Southeast Incorporated. And between the three of those organizations, we cover the entire state. Um, people can find a navigator in their area by going to getcoveredohio.org or calling 833-628-4467. Um, again, that's 833-628-4467. Um, Sarah, thanks so much for this opportunity. This, is, this has been a lot of fun, talking about the last 10 years and thinking a little bit about the future. Awesome. Thank you to you three. I appreciate um, taking time today and um, for all the work that you guys do in your communities. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity to spread the word. a huge thank you to Josh, Julie, and Zach for chatting with me and for all the good work that they do in their communities to make sure that they are healthy and insured. If you think you may need navigator services in your area, you can visit getcoveredohio.org or call 833-628-4467 to schedule an appointment. Both will be available on the show notes of this episode, but don't wait. The open enrollment period will begin on, on November 1st and will last until January 15th, 2023. Thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you soon.